This is the Passive Real Estate Podcast, the premier podcast for passive real estate investors. Matt Jones interviews experienced passive investors who share their industry secrets and active investors who show you different ways to invest passively. Welcome back. I'm Matt Jones. And today on the Passive Real Estate Podcast, I welcome Maria Zondervan. Maria is a highly accomplished wildlife biologist, CEO, entrepreneur, and philanthropist. She embarked on a career as a wildlife biologist, saving endangered species and restoring critical habitats, all while um, also investing in real estate. Maria left her biology career after a 26-year tenure to focus on securing financially stable future for her autistic son through commercial real estate investing. She specializes in recession-resistant assets such as affordable housing, long-term holds, and value-add apartments that help her investors grow their net worth. Through her company, Blue Vikings Capital LLC, Maria helps investors achieve consistent annual returns of 12% or more. Welcome, Maria. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else you'd like the audience to know about yourself? No, no, just that I'm, I'm a person that follows my passions. And so wherever they lead is where I go. Awesome. And uh, that's great that you were a wildlife biologist. Uh, you know, I, I heard the other day that biologists are just uh, cells that think about other cells. <laughs> I love that explanation. Never heard that before. <laughs> so how'd you get started in real estate investing? Uh, you know, it was just one of those weird things. I was up late at night studying back in college and the infomercial came on with this uh, guru that was preaching about uh, real estate. And uh, I, I knew that was not what I wanted to do as a career at the time. I was really set on the wildlife biology angle, but I also knew I would never really make money in that world, but that's where my passion was leading me. So I thought, hey, you know, might not be a bad idea to do this on the side. So I ended up spending my textbook money on the course that guru was selling and what do you know? Here I am. Fantastic. And uh, so often I advise people against going with gurus, uh, you know, especially if they're not uh, making their money with whatever real estate they're preaching, but they just make their money with their sure, course. Sure. Uh, did you find that course helpful? It actually was. It, it was one of the good ones. And you're right. There's a lot of gurus out there that are preaching stuff they're not actually doing. This was someone that 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 put their money where their mouth was. And uh, it was a very valuable course. It was Carlton Sheets. Um, he was mm. one of the early ones. So that, that kind of ages me. Yes, I'm, I'm not a spring chicken, but uh, that course was on cassette tapes, if that does anything. <laughs> but I still Very have good. it. It's actually still on my shelf because it's what got me started. And it really did work. It was all about buying single family homes with no money down. And no money is exactly what I had when I was in college. Hey, perfect. There you go. And then currently, do you invest passively, actively, or a bit of both? I do a bit of both. Um, there's everything that I, even if I'm investing um, as a, even if I'm a general partner, I also invest on the passive side. So I only invite people to invest with me if it's something I am investing in myself. So there's there's definitely some things I only invest in with nobody else and then things that I invite others to invest alongside me with. So tell me about these recession resistant assets that you're investing in right now. Yeah, you know, we just don't know what where the market's heading. There are so many changes. You know, there are people thinking the sky is falling, and then there are others that are going, it's it's only a bump in the road. And um, I just like being cautious, especially if I'm inviting others to invest alongside me. So I try to pick things that I know are going to hold out no matter what the market brings about. So instead of going for the most aggressive returns out there, you know, going for the safest ones. Because rule number one, as I'm sure you know, Matt, is don't lose anybody's capital. And rule number two is see rule number one, right? <laughs> so doing that while still trying to get at least 12% returns uh, a year for the investors, if we can get more, that's great. But 
first and foremost, keep it safe. So uh, affordable housing is definitely one that's doing well. And I think there's a lot of misnomers about what affordable housing is. I think a lot of people think these are slum kind of properties and that's just not the case. Um, especially where I live in Florida, there's a lot of um, home, uh, huge complexes that are being built from the ground up brand new with clubhouses and swimming pools and just really nice amenities that are built under the affordable housing grant programs. And uh, you can actually make really good money with these things and provide really nice affordable housing for people in the process. I think it's a win-win. And uh, there are those all over the all over the country, really. And it's, you just have to be a little choosy about it, but it does not have to be some scary thing with, uh, you know, people are fearful of voucher programs and how tenants might treat a property if they're not putting much money into it. But that's not necessarily their case. There, there's the affordable housing world is, is a big spectrum. And if you choose your location, well, you, you can do really well in that field. And it, it's very recession resistant, as you mentioned, because a lot of the, the pay is coming from the government, right? So they're going to keep paying. We don't really have to worry about that. Yeah, that makes sense. I personally am a big fan of the hybrid model where you have, you know, a, a new build and, and some of the units are you know, affordable housing and uh, whereas the maybe the majority are market rate. And then you're still making great profits as an investor, but you're given a great opportunity to these people to rise, you know, raise them up out of poverty. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of good hybrid models out there for sure. And, you know, right now there's rents went up so quickly, right? So there's a greater demand for this affordable housing than there ever has been before. So you can be pretty choosy about your tenants and get a good tenant pool in. Yep. And then for your 12% uh, returns that you're going for, is that uh, cash on cash or IRR? That's IRR. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say 12% uh, cash on cash is uh, it's pretty cash flow heavy. I would take <laughs> that in a heartbeat. Sweet. That'd be yeah. sweet. But yeah, in the end, if that's, that's what we're getting you, that's, that's what we'd love to see. Yeah. Okay. And then you're also doing some value add apartments. Yes, of course, there's always value add opportunities, but there's different ways to do value add. So we're not going after the heavy lift construction right now because a lot of those relied on bridge loans. And with these interest rates, bridge loans are very expensive. The floating rates is not where you want to be right now. So you want to be able to do something where you can still lock in a rate. Um, you know, if you can get seller carried financing at a good rate, that's excellent. You want longer loan terms. So these are all the things that we're looking at now to make sure investors' capital is safe and that we can really understand what our costs are going to be. Also, construction right now, it's very hard to know what your costs are going to be because we still have a lot of shortage of um, construction workers and supplies in some areas. So sometimes the cost is a little unpredictable. So value adds, but not, you know, down to the studs kind of construction activities that require bridge loans and and unstable loan products, I should say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my favorite form of value add is just by reducing the expenses, uh, you know, making it more energy efficient, renegotiating contracts. And because a lot of these ways, you know, don't necessarily impact the residents themselves. They don't even Absolutely. notice, but you're still increasing the net operating income and the worth of the property at the same time. Yes. And I don't think enough people focus on that. So a good example of that, a property just closed, um, what's it been, two-ish weeks ago now? It's a 94 unit property. We were able to bring the expense of the insurance down from 90,000 a year to 30,000 a year. 
by bringing in a property management company that does in-house insurance and they do a huge blanket insurance over all the thousands of units that they cover instead of insuring each property individually. And that brought down the cost huge. So, I mean, that's a huge savings. And like you said, it doesn't impact the residents at all. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, so how are you finding uh, partners with whom to work with uh, these deals? Um, I'm in a lot of masterminds. I find that that's really where the big players hang out. They always say, get in a room where everybody's uh, a step above you if you can. So that that's really where I like to go. I like to find good, high quality masterminds, do a lot of networking, go to all the activities. I, I go to other conferences and such as well. And of course, I reach out to people on social media and get to know them that way, local RIAs, all, all the things everybody's doing. But I find the highest quality networking happens at those masterminds. Mm -hmm. Any particular masterminds or groups or conferences you can you know, recommend publicly? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, I'm in Tim Bratz's Legacy. And that that's phenomenal. Getting ready to go to Chicago for one of those masterminds here in just a few days. Um, Javier Hinojo's Billion Dollar Boardroom is really great. Uh, Tim Mai's Hero Alliance is excellent. So th those are probably my top three. Awesome. And how are you finding deals right now? Uh, usually it's through that, through through the networking. You know, there's that's all we're talking about, right? Is real estate. So. Basically, there are people looking for things and there are people who need things and, and you end up matching up at these events. Awesome. And before we started recording, we talked a little bit about how to maximize your returns as a passive investor. Uh, what could you recommend to passive investors to maximize their returns? <laughs> well, first of all, you want to make sure you don't lose any capital, right? So get into some secure deals. Um, a lot of it comes down to how you structure your taxes People really underlook that, you know, they might get caught up on, am I going to get a 12% IRR return or 14% IRR? Well, if you're losing 30, 40% of your gains in taxes in the end, that's not your biggest concern, right? So I have a lot of tax saving strategies, a lot of layering of your investments. I actually teach an entire course on this through the, the Legacy Academy, which is part of Tim Bratz's mastermind. And uh, there. It's a whole course on how you can layer and structure your investments to make sure you don't have everything cashing out at the same time. Like everything doesn't sell at the same time. You have this huge amount of money come in. You really end up higher in your tax brackets and taking those big tax hits or trying to find a lot of depreciation all at the same time. So take advantage of things like depreciation, bonus depreciation, doing cost segregations whenever possible, but making sure to do it in the proper timeline so you can get full advantage of them and write things off as they come. So that's a huge part of it. Uh, sourcing your funding or you actually pool the funds to invest is very important and people don't always think about that. You know, um, as I'm sure your listeners know and I'm sure you've talked about it, investing within your retirement accounts can be hugely powerful. If you do that in a Roth, you know, you can grow a lot of that tax-free. So, um, but you then may not meet with your goals if you need cash flow now and you're not past that 59 and a half years of age where you can draw from that. So it's all about figuring out your money sources, your tax strategies, your safe investments, what markets are going to do well, you know, studying the markets is important. And then the of course, probably the top most important thing is who you're getting involved with, right? Making sure you know who the team is that's behind these things and that they have a good reputation for what they're doing to make sure they're going to maximize your, your wins, right? Make sure they're, 
their compensation is in line with yours too. Cause there's a, you know, a lot of people don't like, um, what do you call them? hurdles and, and uh, waterfalls and all that? Cause they think they're complicated, but if you look at them, that's really great incentives for those general partners to do a fantastic job on your behalf. Right. So I kind of, I do the opposite. I kind of look for things that have those hurdles. Well, I agree. I mean, and, uh, because you're, you're completely right. It further incentivizes them to do better and better over time. And I like your point about the taxes. It's not what you make, it's what you keep. You exactly. Know, the most yeah. important thing there. Um, so, uh, and it's great that you have this course, like where can people find more about the, this course that you're teaching? They can just look up Legacy Academy. It's um, it's a membership-based thing. It's like nine bucks a month. I mean, oh. super, super cheap. Maybe it's 10, but it's, it's really inexpensive. And it gets you access to a ton of courses on all sorts of things, real estate related, as well as other things like mindset and health. And there's just a, a wealth of um, information within that thing. So I, I subscribe to it myself and take advantage of all those courses that are on there. And they add new courses all the time. So my course is just one of many that are part of this platform. And most of them are pretty quick. They're like one to four hours. So, I mean, it's easy to knock out a, a course a day or something if you really want to. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a no brainer. People spend uh, more than that on you know Netflix or whatever each month. Oh, but, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's not really helping you. Uh, how can you tell whether or not a sponsor is going to do a, a good job? Look at their track record. Um, don't be afraid to ask them to put you in contact with other people that have invested with them. See if they've gone full cycle and ask them to show you the good, the bad and the ugly, right? Like, I don't just want to hear your wins. Like, tell me the worst thing that's happened. Um, and, you know, what's your average exits, not just your your best exits, you know? So, um I had one person I was interviewing and he immediately said, you know, my last deal, I screwed up. This is what happened. And uh, we only ended up getting 10% IRR for folks. Um, and, but I, I, I got all excited because the, the last one I did the same strategy on and I got people 40% return. Well, obviously that's like one of those golden deals that we all wish we could get. It was the unicorn and that same strategy not, might not work with anything, but I appreciated his honesty and the fact that he learned from that and he didn't hide that. But when I looked at what he had done on average, he had done really, really well. And in the end, he hadn't lost anybody's money. He just didn't make them as much as he had wanted to. So I, I really look for people who are willing to share that kind of stuff and, and who've been in the trenches and learned those lessons. Awesome. And with uh, Blue Vikings Capital, are you able to currently take on new passive investors? We are, yes. And, and we're also linking it up with my nonprofit, which is ValhallaVillas.org, um, where we do some autism housing projects. And those are forever holds. So we're taking soft commitments on things that people can actually, if they're tired of trading in properties every five to seven years, or they're doing a 1031 exchange that they just want to lock in for a long period of time, maybe leave behind to their kids, or even if they have special needs kids that they're maybe concerned might not know how to invest and want to make sure there's forever cash flow. We have those opportunities as well. It's just the regular syndications. Awesome. And where are you building these uh, you know, facilities for people with autism? Yeah, we're starting down in central Florida, but the long-term goal is to have one in every state in the United States, because this is a dire need right now. One in 44 kids in the United States is being diagnosed with autism. And all of them at some point are going to need a place to live. So um, that's that's my new passion project. As I, as I mentioned, I always follow my passions and having a son with autism, you know, I see the need. I'm 
connected with a lot of the families that were in his special needs schools. And I see them struggling with all the same things we're struggling with, you know, that whole worry about what happens when I'm no longer able to care for my child and when they're striving for wanting to be an adult and live independently, because they all want that, right? And a lot of them are fairly capable of doing that, but they need a little assistance and maybe it shouldn't be mom and dad forever, right? So mm -hmm. these are places where they can have that, live independently, have their own place, have some roommates, have some friends, but also have somebody kind of looking out for them and, and the things that they need. So long-term, want to take it across the nation. Awesome. And then plus you have these trained professionals supporting these people in these uh, places as well. Exactly. Exactly. And um, how can a passive investor uh, determine whether or not you and your team are a good match for what they're looking for? Probably the best thing to do is to just book a call with me and have a conversation and see if our um, goals align. So all I do really is I'm always looking for deals for myself to invest in. So I have a couple of businesses that cash flow pretty well. We own some massage envy franchises. And so that cash flow has to go somewhere or I'm gonna be paying taxes for it. So I'm always looking for deals for me. So, so the things that I invest in are things that line up with my goals. And my goals may not be the same as, as your goals. And basically, you know, I, I only invite people to invest along with me in, in things that I'm putting my own money in. And uh, so we need to see if our goals align. So the best way to do that is to book a call and, and see if, uh, if our interests align. Great. And then, uh, you know, massage uh, company is, is a great uh, sort of business to own, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Massage company is doing well. Great. Uh, what's the problem that you've encountered with a real estate investment and how was it handled? Oh, I think my worst one was a property manager situation, you know. It sounds really good when they say you buy a property and you just turn over a property manager and then you don't have to deal with tenants anymore, but you do have to manage that property manager. And we got in one that wasn't a good fit. You know, it was a challenging property in a challenging location. And um, when you're looking for property managers, it's important that they are very familiar with the type of asset class that you're asking them to manage. And in this particular case, they had experience pretty much just with class A properties. And this was more of a workforce housing type of property. So the tenant base is very different. The, the demands are very different um, of, of what those things needed. And it was a bad match. And that's on me. I, I chose the wrong property management company. And getting out of that contract, we were locked into a two-year contract, but I knew we could not wait two years. So figuring out how to navigate my way out of that contract um, without getting sued <laughs> and, um, and doing what was right for the tenants and for our community there, uh, that was challenging, but managed to get through it. But I, I won't say it wasn't messy. We ended up having to rekey the entire property because they wouldn't oh. even turn over the keys. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my yeah. gosh. But it did end without a lawsuit. So that's good. And we did end up getting a fantastic property manager in there who has just done wonders with this property, really turned it around. Awesome. That's good to hear. Yeah, I, I say to people, uh, hire slow, but fire fast when you need to. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Good. Are you ready for a speed round? Shoot. What's your favorite part about passive real estate investing? Oh, the mailbox money, of course. And what do you know now about passive real estate investing that you wish you knew when you first got started? I wish it, I would have known it existed. Like for the longest time, I thought the only path in real estate was to go buy it and, and manage it and, and deal with all those headaches. And I assume that if you were investing passively, that you would be making less than if you owned them. 
And then when I started getting into it and started evaluating my numbers, I found I was making higher returns on my passive investments than I was on my single family home portfolio. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, what's a book that you can recommend to other investors? Oh, gosh, I read so many. Um, right now, I'm actually ki- um, reading Killing Sacred Cows and has nothing to do with killing cows. We're not killing cows. But uh, it's about demystifying some of those myths we have around finances. And so it's just a very different thing. You know, when you first get into this game, you're just listening to real estate books all the time and then maybe you progress into mindset. And this is more just finance and business in general. But uh, it really helps demystify some of those things we've been told our entire lives about money that are just plain wrong. Hmm. Very good. Yeah, I've heard it's a good book. I haven't read it yet myself, though. Yeah, it's it's available on audio, too. That's how I digest oh. a lot of books. Out hey, walking me, the dogs. Me, too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, how can our listeners get in contact with you if they want to learn more about what you have going on? Uh, BlueVikingsCapital.com is the best place. And there's also links there to all my social media, which is a great way to hit me up. And um, for booking, time is on there. And there's also a link to ValhallaVillas.org, the nonprofit. Awesome. Okay. And then final question, is there anything else you want to mention that we haven't covered yet? Just that um, following your passion, you can't ever go wrong. So wherever your passion pulls you, follow it. Someone's trying to tell you something. Listen. Great advice. All right. Well, thank you, Maria, and have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Subscribe to this podcast to stay updated on new episodes. Leave a review to let us know that you enjoy the content. There are tons of ways to invest in real estate that you can explore by reading Matt Jones's book called Book About Real Estate. It summarizes many top real estate books all in one. Find it on Amazon, Audible, iTunes, Google Play, or barnesandnoble.com. If you want to learn more about passive real estate investing, go to hawkwingcapital.com.